I mean, the motivation, honestly, it, it's kind of clear to me. When I'm with these kids who sometimes can't walk, they can't use their arms, and through our foundation, if we are providing something for them, and it took you know weeks or sometimes even months to do, when you see their enjoyment, right, and them acting and feeling and being able to participate in things like a normal kid, something that they couldn't typically do, I mean, the feeling is like unbelievable every single time. Are you ready to step up your game? Do you want to form the habits required to take your hustle to the next level? You're in the right place. We've been where you are and know that getting to your optimized next level doesn't happen by accident. Welcome to the Next Level Hustle podcast. Each week, we sit down with experts, entrepreneurs, and people at the top of their game to help you discover how to accelerate what you've already been doing with excellence and speed to find success and fulfillment in every area of your life. I'm your host, Boomer Allred. And I'm also your host, John Wiesahan. This is going to be Next Level. Welcome to the uh, Next Level Hustle podcast. I am John, your co-host, and I'm joined here with... Hey, I'm Boomer. I am also your co-host, and I'm here with... Mike Daskal. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. Uh, guys, this is such a privilege. All of our listeners, I think you're going to really enjoy the conversations that we have with Mike today. I was originally introduced to Mike uh, through the CrossFit community down at CrossFit Weddington, and Mike has done some amazing things uh, with some organizations in and around Charlotte, um, as well as putting on some events annually and more than annually, I guess, uh, around CrossFit gyms around Charlotte uh, to support an amazing cause. Boomer, you know Mike from the same reason, you know, That's uh, right. by extension. Yeah, so uh, Mike actually used to host beers and burpees at CrossFit Charlotte, which we've talked about. You know, we, yeah. we know Andy Handel very well, and um, it's been a pleasure actually uh, just to be a part of your event. It's so well run, and people come out, support it. It's something that everyone knows about in the community. You know, everyone marks it on their calendars when they see the emails come out. But I really want to know kind of the man behind the events. Obviously, we talk about the event too, but uh, what brought you to creating beers and burpees just to start off we can get us uh into deeper conversations yeah so 13 years ago um i started crossfit i got the crossfit bug just like you know a lot of other people was drinking the kool-aid and after about a year um i just had a party at my house and i invited some of my friends from the gym and i said hey we're gonna come over we're gonna do a workout for some reason we wanted to do that and you know i'll serve everybody pizza and we'll just hang out and we'll drink some beers and, and we're gonna mix it together and we're gonna call it beers and burpees and we'll do a little workout and we'll drink some beers uh, while we're doing it. And we did it in my front yard. I got a small lot right in the in the community. And, you know, we're running up and down the street and we just had a party. Right. So it was like 30, 40 of my friends and and I provided everything. And then after this, the second year came along, I said, you know what? All these people, all my friends, they have jobs. They do well. I'm going to charge them. Right. And let's charge them to come over and do this. Um, and then we're going to donate all the money. So the, the second year, right, the first year we raised the money we did for Wounded Warriors and um, and people love the event. They love the idea of, you know, working out and drinking some beers while they were doing with it and, and raising money for a local cause. And it just got bigger and bigger. And we did it for about five years. OK, so so back so that first five years at your house, how many like give us some perspective. How many people were there? So we got up to about 200 people at your house at my house. And so it was really like a block party. It, it was. <laughs> and, it, and I mean, we literally had um, those professional tents brought in. We had a porta john set up on the sidewalk. My neighbors called the HOA. 
I, I mean, the, <laughs> my, my land is 0.19 acres, right? So that's mm-hmm. really small. And the last year it was pouring rain and, um, and it just got to be too big, essentially, right? We had 200 people again working out in my garage and in my front yard, in my driveway. And we said, you know what? It was a private event, essentially, at that point, friends from other gyms. Uh, we said, let's make this a public event. Let's find a real venue and let's invite all of Charlotte. And that's really where it started to blow up. That's be- awesome. Before we go forward, I'm curious, looking back in your past, did you ever create events in your past, like uh, high school, college? Was that bug within you, like creating yeah. a community like that? So in, in college, in the fraternity, I was kind of the philanthropy chair, right? So I would do things like that, you know, in the community, kind of community service type work. I'm always kind of like a planner. I think that was just kind of in my DNA. Um, it's in the job that I do. I work for Wells Fargo as well. And it's just part of, I think, my DNA, just something that I like to do. And I, I think I'm pretty good at. So um, it's just kind of where it came from, I think. That's beautiful. Tapping yeah. into something that you, you've always wanted to do and then bringing it to the community that you live in. So you want Wounded Warriors. And then what was the flip to bring it to kind of serve uh, locally. Yeah. So I'm a friend of the gym said, Hey, you know, we have an organization here, a charity. Do you want to donate to us? Keep it local, working with kids. And we said, yep, sounds great. So we did that for um, about seven, eight years, right? We were donating uh, to dream on three and that again, lasted seven, eight years. And then eventually we started our own foundation and that's kind of what we've been keeping very busy with for the last four, four and a half years. Is it hard to start your own foundation? Like what is yeah. behind that? What's what, what are the nuts and bolts behind starting a foundation? Yeah. What's, what's it called? It's called the Changing Lives Together Foundation or the CLT Foundation. And it is, it's a lot of work from a paperwork, you know, um, standpoint, setting up a whole organization, being a 501c3, there's a lot of things you have to do. So that took about a year, right, to figure out how to get a team together, who the right people to start the organization do all the paperwork with the government, the taxes, the lawyers. And then finally, one year later, we got our official, you know, 501c3 designation. And then it got a little bit easier, more busy, but a little bit easier. Yeah, man, that's so cool. So you have a full-time job too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we talk a lot about Next Level Hustle and what it takes and just doing a little bit more than than the average person, right? And we tell our listeners, our entrepreneurs who, who listen all the time, like, yes, you can go in, you can work nine to five, you can do all these things, but what's going to set you apart from everybody else? Yeah. And sometimes it's hours worked. You know, sometimes you have to work smarter, not harder, but sometimes harder means more hours and we have all have to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm in a phase right now where we're working 10, 12, 14 hours a day just because we're trying to start up a new business and it's just a lot of work. Yeah. So talk to us a, a little bit about like, you clearly have a drive within you that fuels this burning fire that allows you to accomplish so many things and work a full-time job. Like what is it that motivates you to continue to do this year after year after year? I mean, the motivation honestly is pretty easy. Um, It's kind of clear to me when I'm with these kids who sometimes can't walk, right? They can't use their arms. And if I, through our foundation, if we are providing something for them and it took, you know, weeks or sometimes even months to do, and then when they, when they, when you see their enjoyment, right. And them acting and feeling and being able to participate in things like a normal kid, something that they won't typically or couldn't typically do. I mean, the feeling is like unbelievable every single time. And it's not, um, I don't know, maybe it's a little hard to explain, but when you see it and you feel it and you see what these kids have been through and the struggles that they go with, um, that they have, and then you work on something and then just to see their smiles, right? And their reactions and how much fun they're having and the enjoyment that they get out of. 
it um, that's just what drives me, honestly, like to do all the work. And the work doesn't even feel like work. It doesn't feel like hard. It is, I mean, it's hard, but it doesn't feel unenjoyable. You know, it doesn't feel like a task. Right. Um, very rarely am I doing something for the foundation or for beers and burpees where I'm like, oh, God, I, I hate doing this work or this is a pain. It doesn't really feel like that. It just feels like a challenge. Right. How do we get a little bit better each and every time? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you're when you're doing that work and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but it's 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 neat when you're like, OK, I've done this before. I've done this for the last however many years. But what am I going to do different this time to make the event a little bit better or yeah. raise a little bit more money yep. or be able to make a bigger impact? Yeah. Right. And it's it's those types of things that drive us. Right. And, and you know, drive you from what I can tell. And it's yeah. really, really cool. I, I know. Talk a little bit about if you don't mind. I know that you go and volunteer at a camp around that you donate money to and things like that. Can you just talk a little bit about the stories of where the money goes? Yeah. And maybe just tell our listeners a couple of stories about how that's impacted you personally. Yeah, sure. So the camp is so through our foundation, the CLT Foundation, we do two. We do a lot of things. Right. But our two biggest things are college scholarships in this camp that you've mentioned. So the camp is annual. It's in September. It's at Lake Wiley, on Lake Wiley at Camp Thunderbird. So the YMCA facilitates the the camp-like aspects, right? So climbing walls, they provide the lifeguards for the lake and the other activities we do. But everything else we run, our foundation runs. So we have a team of, you know, probably about 12 on our committee, but around then four or five people that work specifically for this camp and help set it up. And these are kids all with physical disabilities. So most of them are in wheelchairs or in some sort of walkers. Um, Some don't really have use of their arms. Some are missing their legs. And they are going out there to a camp that they typically can't go to. So Victory Junction is a big one here in Charlotte that does the same sort of service, much bigger than us and been around a lot longer. But it's a similar type of model that we have. And we had about 30 kids there last year. 40 is our goal for this year. And it's a free camp, of course, for them to attend. We bring in over 150 volunteers uh, throughout that weekend because every camper, this is not a wheelchair accessible camp, right? We are going up and down hills that are in grass and gravel, and these kids are in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. So we have volunteers that shadow every one of these kids, and sometimes it's two volunteers that are pushing a wheelchair up a hill, right? And these kids are just loving it. They're, They're going along for the ride. And, you know, you mentioned about the stories. There's probably every year at this camp, there's four or five kids that have never slept away from their parents because they can't because of the physical um, conditions that they have. They need a nurse. They need Mm -hmm. a parent to help them go to the bathroom. Um, They have catheters and things like that. So we also provide nurses, right? So we have at least five nurses that are there 24 hours a day at camp for the whole weekend. They're helping them. They have all their medicines. They're administering it. They're changing them. And you know, so there are these kids that haven't been able to be away from their parents, but yet now they're at a camp for three days with 30 other kids that look and act and talk like them. And they just feel normal. They feel like they're part of the community and they get to do something that they never have. So really nothing more than that weekend provides a better example of kind of why we do what we do and what kind of fuels us and gets us to kind of um, that next level hustle yeah. every single day. What are some of the stories you might hear from connection that the volunteers have with with the kids like what are some of the reactions like afterwards when everyone takes a breath right everyone goes home safely yeah and you talk to those who volunteered or spent time with kids 
Like what's the idea of what is the ripple effect of your foundation even beyond the kids? Yeah. So, I mean, we have volunteers, Kara from CrossFit Weddington that we know. She was a volunteer last year. These people, you know, once they have been there and they've been to camp, they are calling us, they're emailing us and asking, hey, how is um, Izzy doing? Like that was her person at camp that she was shadowing and she wants to know more about it. And she said, hey, is Izzy going to any other events? And she comes to our quarterly outings and Kara tries to come to those as well. So it builds that relationship, you know, between our volunteers and the campers, the kids that we support. And, you know, I tell people all the time, whether it's companies or people, I'm like, if you're not sure you want to do it, watch this two minute video of our camp from last year, or just come out for a few hours. And if they're a good person and they like kids, they're going <laughs> to like this camp, yeah. right? And they're going to want to come and they're going to want to be engaged. That's so neat. You mentioned a quarterly event, right? So, so many foundations have a big, one big, I guess, cornerstone event. And then that might be the only event they have, but you mentioned uh, that you have quarterly events and that's important to keep the momentum going, right? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So tell me about, yeah. about that. So when we were starting our foundation, I talked to one mother who had a kid um, who has some very, very significant intellectual disabilities. He doesn't talk at all. So kind of like a form of something being on the autism spectrum, but he doesn't talk at all. Very hard to communicate with. And she said, Mike, she said, we can't even go to movies. She said, because my kid won't sit still. He's going to make loud noises and he's going to interrupt other people. So we never even have a way for our family to go out to movies together. So that's what started our idea on or this idea on doing this quarterly outing so we could bring those type of kids together with other kids like them mm-hmm. so they can go to the movies together or do bowling or do a jump in, you know, bouncy house. And that's what these quarterly outings are. They're just normal play dates, right, out in um, in the community. We have anywhere from 20 to 35, 40 kids come to them. They're always, everything we do is free for the families and for the kids. So they come out there and they interact with kids like them and they feel normal and they, and they get a, you know, hang out. And, and it's also very good for the parents because the parents, one, get a little bit of a break and they get to meet other parents, right, um, that are, you know, in the same situation as them. So those we do every quarter and those are a lot of fun and it's a great way for us to stay involved with the kids, the kids to kind of meet some new people as well. So a lot of problem solving, right? You had an issue, like how do we get this kid involved? Mm-hmm. And like, all right, let's, let's figure out a, yeah, a way yeah. to solve it. And that's, yeah. you know, in business or in your personal life, like, all right, we, we have a problem. Let's let's figure out how to how to make this right. So I think that's that's really cool that you found a solution. We named our organization. We took a long time figuring it out, right? It's changing lives, which we want to do. And the T is for together, right? And that's what we want to do with companies like you guys, with the community, with other people bringing ideas. We cannot do this ourselves, right? We don't have the people and we don't have all the ideas, right? So we we leverage the community. We leverage our partners to do this together, to change lives together. You know, I always thought it meant Charlotte Foundation. I know. <laughs> Corey says, Mike with the Charlotte Foundation, and I just kind of close my eyes. And I tell him, but I think he does it on purpose now. Yeah, so it is the changing lives together. But we also purposely made it CLT, right, yeah, for, that, cool. for that reason as yeah, well. That's awesome. Yep. So, I mean – I mean, that is absolutely phenomenal. Like, I'm honored that you're even talking about it. It's so cool what you've done. Now, talk to us about the Beers and Burpees event. Because yeah. this is a, uh, like, I've been to two, I think, now. I participated in one and then realized I didn't want to do it again. But I'm going to go and enjoy the beer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a sight. It's a sight, right? It's a sight to be seen. So, just walk us through, like, what the workout looks like and when people drink beer and then, how sick people get yeah. from it sometimes. It's really, it's just fun to yeah. talk about. 
So the workout, um, it's called beers and burpees. The beer is actually optional, right? So nothing, it is not required. I would say about two thirds, maybe 75% of the people do drink beer during the workout. And it is actually during the workout. Some of them drink water or just don't drink anything. But it's basically a workout that takes 15 to 25 minutes. So we cap it at 25 and it's burpees, it's running, lunges, slam balls and box jumps, right? So those are the exercises. So John, if you and I were partners, we split a beer before the workout, right? We say three, two, one, go. We split a beer and then we do about four to six minutes of exercise. That's round one. And we do that three times. So that's three beers. And in the end, we finish with one more. Now, um, the actual total number of beers is actually only three, right? So it's cups of beer, but it's really only three 12 ounce cans and it's shared between two people. So it's about a beer, beer and a half per person in that 15 to 25 minutes, which doesn't sound like much when you're running or you're doing burpees and, and you're trying to go fast because 1,500 people are watching, it, it gets harder. It's uh, hard. It's yeah, hard. It's hard. <laughs> and, and then yeah. you got to go and do you know box jumps with beer on your stomach. It's, yes. it's, uh, it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. And it's gotten to be a big event. Like we talked about earlier, it started at my house. 200 people and we said, Hey, let's open it to the public. And the last few years we've had around 1200 athletes that register wow. for it each year. And then there's easily another three, four, 500 spectators that are coming to watch. And how um, many sponsors do you have now? Normally we have about 40 sponsors by the time the event comes this year, we're probably around 2025 right now, the events in four months. So we still are working on getting sponsors and um, it's going to be, it's so going to be another good event. So the last year it was at your house. How much money did you raise? I want to say that was around 19,000, right? Okay. So it was 19,000 at my house. And then this year or last year? Last year was 173,000. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so it's amazing. gotten a lot of companies like you guys are, are helping and um, private donors and 1,200 people. So 600 teams. And it's about $100 uh, per on average for each team to join to That's do awesome. the event as well. So good. So let's back it up. Let's talk about the name, right? So obviously you're drinking beers, but you had to pick another movement, right? That's <laughs> something that I know a little well, you yeah. know, a little bit about burpees. So how did you pick out of everything in the world? How'd you pick burpees? Yeah, I don't know. But I will say I was nervous coming here today because I thought you're going to make me do some burpees, <laughs> not for 24 hours, but I thought I'd have to do a couple. So I have shorts in the car if I need. All right. uh, I don't know how we picked burpees. It just, maybe the name sounded good. Yeah. Beers and burpees. Well, yeah. And I got to give you credit for your t-shirts. Like these are the coolest t-shirts yeah. um, ever. So it's right now you're wearing one from last year. It's a yep. Cinco de Mayo themed yep. angry beer mug yep. with a Mexican hat. Yep. <laughs> yep. So um, 704 shop out of here in Charlotte, yep. they actually came up with this design, but people do, we always try to get the best quality t-shirts. Charlotte t-shirt authority right down the road um, is making our t-shirts this year. So um, people love the t-shirts because we get the great kind, but it's also whenever I wear the shirt, this is beers and burpees. If I'm wearing it in a day, at least two people will like, they're looking at me, but they're looking at my shirt and you can hear it. And then every other time someone's talking to me, right? The lady at the grocery store, you know, checking me out. She's 70 years old and she's like, beers and burpees. I don't know if I can do that. She's like, the beer sounds good, but the burpees, <laughs> it's like once a month, someone's saying that to me, it's you awesome. know, about, I don't know about that. And, you know, those don't go well together, but it's a conversation piece. So looking out five, 10 years, right? Where, where do you see this going or do you see it just maintaining, you know, we all have to have plans yeah. and, and goals. goals and giving your team a mission so you can all stay focused on the kids. Do you have a, a number in mind, yes. like whether it's kids or money or what does that look like for you? 
So beers and burpees, we, we want to keep that going because that's a major fundraiser for us. 1,200 attendees now every single year. I don't know how much bigger it's going to get, right? Our foundation, though, we do have a roadmap. We met with our board earlier this year. We want to get to a million dollars raised in a year, eight years from now. So that's kind of our roadmap. And we have it stepped out between today and that eight years. How do we get there? So we are a newer nonprofit. Again, we've been around for about four years and it's, it wasn't super hard to kind of take those first couple steps where we're bringing in maybe two, three hundred thousand dollars a year. But then to get to that next level and to be able to get a million dollars coming in each year, our, our plan is we need to involve, you know, the big companies here in Charlotte. We have a lot of big banks. We have a lot of other big companies to be able to get in with them, establish two, three year partnerships where they are partnered with us. They're bringing out employees to Camp CLT, right, getting them engaged, um, having them be a part of the scholarships. That's how I think we can get to that $1 million raised per year. And that's our goal um, eight years from now. And your team, 100% behind it. Do they understand uh, yeah. what it takes? Oh, they're definitely behind it. And we understand what it takes. Um, so we got to do a lot of work, right? And we got to get out there and do that next level of hustle. And every you know, and we need a lot of people to do it. So um, I think being on podcasts like this and getting the word out about who we are, um, that's really what we're trying to do as much as we can here this year is meet with other people, tell our story, show them the kids that we support. Have We have great videos that help tell that story, which I think is very important. And then um, I think we can continue to get more people engaged. And once they see what we do and see the kids who we impact, I think we're going to get a lot of people. Yeah, it's, you know, we talk about this a lot, like the, the eight-year roadmap, you have to have it, Yeah. right? But then when you start to break it down and you look at growth by marginal gains over that time, is really what gets you there. So like, yes, that goal looks massive, but when you break it down yeah. and you can grow 1%, you know, every quarter for eight years, when you really sit down and put that on a spreadsheet and do that math, you're probably actually higher than, mm. than, eight, than a million a year okay. in eight years. So we talk about it in our operating companies all the time. You're like, we want to get to $1.2 million a month in revenue from whatever, mm -hmm. right? Okay, how are we going to get there if we want to be there in six months? Well, we need to grow by three and a half percent every three weeks to get there. Okay. So like now we, we're starting a three week sprint to grow three and a half percent. Then there, oh wow, we did 6%. That's awesome. Okay, let's, let's, here's another three week sprint to grow three and a half percent, right? And then when you look back, you're like, wow, we just grow 40%, but it didn't look like 40%, yeah. right? So you got to break it down and make it achievable in shorts, what we call them sprints. So when you break it down into those smaller segment sprints and then they compound over time, you're way further ahead than you okay. thought you were going to be, right? Yeah. And it's really from a bit like pure business perspective, it's a really good way to get people like motivated and like in the moment. Like I, I tell people all the time, I live my life in six week segments mm. because I just like, like I don't have the capacity to like look that far beyond from a pure operational perspective Yeah. because like you can't operate today, which you want to do a year from now because things are going to change 15 times. It's the agile mindset, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly right. So like it's the growth through marginal gains over time to achieve that. You have to have a long term plan. But how are you going to get there? How are you going to execute yeah. day to day? And it's breaking it down into shorter segments. And it feels more manageable, too. Right. Exactly. It's less daunting. Right. Because I and when I say a million dollars, I'm like, that's a lot. But we really just need to be here today and then here tomorrow. And I think we can get there tomorrow. And then tomorrow you worry about the next tomorrow. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So. Well, Mike, uh, thank you for joining us. This has oh, yeah. been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Um, you can find Mike. What's your Instagram? Talk to us a little bit about how our listeners can 
find you? Yep. Um, CLT Foundation is our Instagram um, and our Facebook. And then Beers and Burpees on Facebook and Instagram as well are the best ways to find us. So, um, yeah, we appreciate it. If anybody's interested in getting more involved, you can find us in CLT Foundation. Just cltfoundation.org is our website. So there's a lot of great content on there, too, that kind of tells the story and shows who, who we support. What's the date of the event? So the Beers and Burpees is October 7th um, right here in Charlotte. So we already got about 750 people registered, and we'll get to that 1,100, maybe 1,200 mark again this year. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you again. I am John, uh, your co-host, and I'm, I am out. And I'm Boomer. I'm also your co-host, and I am out. Thanks, guys. I'm out as well. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Next Level Hustle podcast, where we help you accelerate what you already know to the next level. If you'd like to support the podcast, consider sharing it on social media, subscribing wherever you listen, or leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week for another Next Level Hustle conversation. I'm John, and I'm out. And I'm Boomer. I'm also out. <laughs> <laughs>